Just remain standing in front of 1 Kings chapter number 18 in the Bible. 1 Kings 18. If you have not already, every single parent should already have had a talk with their children about this upcoming school year. And, uh, and I am trying to tell you what, well, I guess I am. Uh, if, if you don't create a culture in your home where kids are able to talk to you and they tell you what's going on around them, going to just keep it all in. They can't keep stuff in, they eventually explode. You ought to have it where you have a culture where they can tell you anything. Amen. Amen. I'll say that when they're not here. But you ought to have a culture where they can tell you anything. Amen. By the way, let me just tell you something. It's all right to defend your children. It's all right. It's all right to defend your children. They need to know that there's a culture where they can tell you and you're going to defend them. Amen. Verse Kings 18, verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink and Elijah went up into the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And said to his servants, Go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up. And said, Ahab, prepare your chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop you not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab into the entrance of Jezreel. I want to talk to you on the subject, praying up a storm. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praying up a storm. 
I believe you're about to pray up a storm in your life. Father, we love you and we bless you. Speak into our hearts today. Prepare us for a life of prayer. A life that's designated for you and your service. And we'll bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Prayer is very vital in a person's life. I, I'm, 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 I'm going to preach quick. We will get by eight. It's our power. School's in session. Amen. Uh, prayer is vital in a person's life. It's very vital. Your prayer life determines a lot about your life. You can tell about someone if they are living a life of prayer. They act different. You can tell someone if someone's not living a life of prayer. A prayer life is a very important Christian principle that everyone should have. That you should have a life of prayer where prayer is communication with God and talk with God. Where, where you just shouldn't go to God when you're in trouble. But, but you should build a relationship with God. The Bible says in James chapter number 5, verse number 14, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. Say pray. Over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if any have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It means when a righteous man's prays, there's power. When a righteous woman prays, there's power. If you look up the symbolism of this, it is like a man that prays when he prays, missiles are going off out of that man or woman's mouth and bombing enemy territory. It is important for each person to pray. Elijah was a man subject to passions like we are. He said Elijah was just like us. When you read stories in the Bible, don't forget these people were human. They're not superheroes. They were human beings. They have the same busy schedule you and I have. They have the same pressure you and I have. They have the same turmoils you and I have. We just read about them. But they were just regular people. Elijah was subject to passions like we are. But he prayed earnestly that it may not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Just because you pray, you can't stop with just one prayer. You have to constantly seek God. Elijah prayed that it would rain, and for three and a half years it didn't. But Elijah... When there was a drought in the land by his prayer, don't ever count out the power of your prayer. 
Your prayers should not be a last resort. Your prayer life should be the first resort. And Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Whether he heard it naturally or whether he heard it in the spirit makes no difference. He heard it. And I believe it was him hearing it in his spirit, man. That he felt it deep down. God was about to end the drought. God was about to end the drought in his life. Things were coming to an end. Things were about to turn around. Things were about to become prosperous in the land again. And Elijah told his servant, hey, go look and see if you see any rain. And his servant came back and said, there ain't nothing. And Elijah bowed his head on the ground and in between his knees. And Elijah went to pray. And he said, you just keep on going back and forth seven times. And I'm not going to stop praying. Watch this. Because prayer means nothing if you're not expecting something to happen from it. Elijah was expecting that there was a rain about to come into his life. That there was a rain about to come into the land. And so he went looking for it. He was expecting it. And finally on that seventh time, that person came back and said, Listen, I don't see much of a cloud, but there's a small one out there like the size of a man's hand. And I just said, hey, y'all better prepare your chariot. Because everything I heard inwardly is about to come out into the earth realm. And there's about to be a downpour here. I stopped by to tell you that there can be a downpour in your life. There can be a downpour of God's presence in your life. There can be a downpour of his spirit hit your life. There can be a downpour of his favor and his blessings hit your life. But it can only come through a life consecrated through prayer. You make appointments for everything and everybody, you should have an appointment with God every day. If your doctor is so important that they won't see you unless you get put on a waiting list and make an appointment, if you can't walk into the dentist, you got to ask for an appointment, then certainly you and I should have an appointment with God every day because he's, if he's number one, he should be the most important appointment we all keep. Amen. Elijah prayed up a storm. There was no storm for three and a half years. He didn't say it is what it is. He didn't say I got to get used to it. Elijah said we're going to pray against this thing. And we're going to pray that God releases the rain from heaven. And that's exactly what happened. Prayer changes things. We used to call it around here a push. You got to pray until something happens. And until something happens you keep on pushing. You keep on praying until something happens. In Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 9, the Bible says this, And the Lord said to, called him to Adam and said, Where are you? What an interesting question. Where are you? Where are you at? You used to talk to me. We used to converse. And he heard from me. Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, God. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Watch this. When Adam was right 
with God. He prayed. He talked with God. But when Adam was not right with God, the first thing that left was his conversations with God. The first thing that will leave when you talk, when you have relationship with God, when you have wronged God, and when you feel sin, is your conversations with Him. And tonight, God is asking all of us, where have you been? Where are you? Where you at? I like talking to you. I like hearing from you. I like answering your prayers. But where have you been? You see, so many times we're asking God to change things. And while prayer does change things, I have always found that the thing that happens the most in my life is that when I pray, God changes me. You're not hearing me. Because I've asked God to change people before. And the minute I asked God to change people, God started changing me. I was like, man, this is funny how this thing works. You know, I'm sitting here praying because I think they got the problem. And all to find out, I'm praying. And then all of a sudden, I find out, I guess I'm the one with the problem. But I found out that God would cause me to look at it differently. Or God would cause me to look at a situation differently. And God is saying, where are you? Where are you at? You're in my house, but where are you? When's the last time you talked to God? When's the last time you made an appointment with God? When's the last time you got with God and said, God, I'm not leaving here until I feel your presence. I'm going to stay right here in prayer and in worship. And I'm not leaving until I feel your presence. I'm not leaving this place. I'm not leaving this secret place. I'm not leaving this room until I feel your presence come in this place. Amen. Instead, we're wanting everything so quick and easy. But I have found out that things really take time that's meaningful to God. And so it's very important that all of us get to a place where we realize that my life is only as powerful publicly is what my prayer life is privately. If I have a weak prayer life, I will have a weak public life. Amen. There's something about prayer that strengthens you. I, I, don't, I don't need to tell you my problem. Because I've already talked to the King of Glory. And told him about him. And he strengthened me. See, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give you this. Isaiah 40. I hope I wrote that down. I did. Watch this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not. Neither is he weary. Woo! God don't quit. God don't get tired. 
out of here. He's the king of glory. He's the creator. He's the everlasting God. He's the ruler. He said, and hey, by the way, let me tell you about it. He don't get weary and he don't quit. He don't get tired. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faith. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Even, watch this, even young people get faint, get tired, and want to quit. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I guarantee you, you've never seen this before. Watch this. Have you not known that the everlasting Father doesn't get tired and he doesn't get weary? And then he turns right around and says this, but when you wait on God, when you serve God, when you have a relationship with God, when you talk to God, what God has somehow gets in you through association. And the same God who doesn't get tired causes you not to get tired. The same God who don't give up is the same God who causes you not to give up. Everything in you is wanting to throw in the towel. And God picks the towel up and throws it back to you and says, I ain't quit. You don't quit. I ain't tired of it. You don't become tired of it. Relationship with him, and I talk to him. He ain't talking to me about anything but running, walking, and soaring. What's this? What's this? Man, I, I could teach this really well. The first thing he says before you walk, you gotta run. They'll run first. Because the first thing you got to do is realize that your lack of communication with God has kept you away from God. And so you'll start running after Him. Where you'll say, Man, I got to have Him in my life. I got to talk to Him. I got to cut off the TV. Oh, 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 I'm about to go somewhere. I don't know if you want to go here with me, but we're going to go there. I'm going to cut off the TV. I'm going to turn off the cell phone. Oh, Lord. Here's an interesting concept. I'm going to get off gossip, but I mean Facebook. I'm going to get off Instagram and Twitter for a moment. And I'm going to seek God. Have you not noticed that everything 
that comes before God drains you. Maybe I'm the only one who can testify that everything that comes before God makes me tired and makes me weary. And what I found out is I never think about quitting until I'm tired. And I'm not talking about just physically tired. I'm talking about emotionally and mentally tired. The only time I think of quitting anything is when I get tired of it. But God is saying, I don't get tired. And I don't quit. And I want to give you what I got. So I need you to run to catch up with me. Because if you run into my presence, if you run to have a relationship with me, you will never grow tired catching up to me. And you'll never want to quit walking with me. And it starts on our knees. It starts in a posture of humbleness to God. Saying, I can't do it without you. God, I can't do this without you. You give strength that I don't have. You give encouragement that I don't have. I need you. It's not something that I just talk about. I really need you. I can't be the parent I'm supposed to be if I don't have the relationship with you, Jesus, that I'm supposed to have. I can't be the spouse that I'm supposed to be. I can't be the Christian I'm supposed to be if I don't have a relationship with you, Jesus. You see, my life is only effective, as effective as my prayer life is. Matthew 6, verse number 6 says, but when you pray, not if you pray, Jesus is speaking here. And he does not say, hey, when you get around to praying, here's what I want you to pray. You know, our Father which art in heaven. I'm not going to go through it. But there's the pattern of prayer. Jesus said, but when you pray, in other words, there is an earnest expectation of Jesus for you and I to live a life of prayer. Not pray that when we get in a bind, God, I need your help, show up. But to have a relationship with Him. Psalms 3. Psalms 3. Verse 1. Watch David. Lord, hear hear His discouragement. Lord, how are they increased? That trouble. Have you ever felt like that? How are the people who are getting on my nerves increasing? Many are they that rise up against me. 
many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah means pause and think about that. People are saying that God can't even help them. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Watch this. Notice the discouragement of David. How is everybody increasing but me? Even the people that cause me trouble are increasing. I cried to the Lord with my voice. That's prayer. Watch, that's prayer. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Pause and think about that. That every time I pray, he hears me. Every time I see Jesus, he listens. You understand the power that's available to you? He picked himself up out of the grave. And that same Jesus has the power for you and I. And he hears it. He says, so I cried. He heard me. I laid me down to sleep. I awakened. And the Lord sustained me. I prayed. I went to bed. I got up. And God still kept. Watch what happens the morning he wakes up. He said, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against around about me. He's just saying to God, God, how's everybody in the world? How's everybody increasing all around me and doing good all around me? And I don't understand. Even my enemies are rising up against me. And God, you're blessing them. And I'm the one who loves you. And how are you blessing them? And I don't understand. And then he prays. The minute he prays, God gives him peace. And he goes to bed. And he wakes up. And he wakes up with a different attitude. His whole attitude changes. After he prays. And he goes from complaining, worrying, talking to God in a pity party to now saying, well, wait a minute, I ain't living life afraid. Don't these people know who I am? My daddy's God. If 10,000 men try to come up against me, they ain't getting to me. See, prayer don't change it before it changes you. There's something about when you talk to God and you know he's spoken to nothing and created everything. That the same God you talk to is the same God who raised Lazarus from the dead. The same God you talk to is the one who walked on water. The same God you talk to is the one that told Moses part the sea and he walked over on dry ground. The same God he talked to got in the middle of the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The same God you talk to it's the same God who clothed the mouths of lions. And there's something about the moment I 
He still speaks. Yes. He still speaks. Yes. But prayer is not, don't get done when I say amen. Prayer is supposed to be a continual event that happens all day long where my spirit is always open to God, where I pray without ceasing, where I allow the God I made an appointment with to talk to, that I keep my spirit open all day for that God to talk back to me. And if you'll listen, somebody in food line standing in between the ketchup and the mayonnaise say something. <laughs> and it's like, God, I got you. My wife and I was praying about something. And we said, God, we just need information on it. We need information. And we don't even know who to do it. Talk to about information. And last night at the blue, there was a man that walked up to us and started talking about the subject we needed information about. Didn't know the guy from nobody. And for weeks we were praying, God, I, we need we need clarity. We need information concerning this. And then all of a sudden last night we're sitting down at a at a volleyball game, minding our own business, and some guy walks up and introduces himself and hey man, how you doing? I'm starting to watch my kids play. And he just starts talking <laughs> about what the very thing me and my wife have been praying for God to give us an answer to. He still speaks. He speaks through his word. He speaks through people. He speaks through confirmation. But he don't speak. Hear me. He don't speak louder than the noise in my life. I got to quiet life down to hear him. A few nights ago, I, my, my daughter was trying to talk to me about her school day. And I had this TV going on over there, and I had that TV going on, and I had this girl in the shower, and I had them making popcorn in the kitchen, and it was pop, 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 pop. And, and I could hear nothing. She's standing right in front of me, and I could hear nothing she was saying because all this noise going on around me. And I finally had to say, let's go to your room, close the door, now talk to me. Because I couldn't hear through the noise. I'm telling you right now, many of the stuff you've been wanting God to talk to you about, he's already opening up his mouth, cleared his throat, and he's talking. You just can't hear him because you won't get quiet to listen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Why don't you take this moment right now, just right where you're sitting. Right where you're sitting. And tell God your 
up where you're at. He's asking you, where are you? If you're hurting, tell him. If you're confused, tell him. If you're stressed right now, tell him. It's all right. You can tell God that. I promise you. He ain't going to be mad at you. If you're thankful, you ought to tell him, God, I'm thankful for you. Somebody needs to tell him, God, I'm sorry for taking so long just to talk to you. Back to a life of forgiveness. 
you got a little carnal. Try to serve God, and sometimes in your flesh gets a hold of you, and now you're all twisted up because half the time you're serving God, half the time, I mean, you just don't, God said, hey, fall back in love with me. Come back praying with to you. Why ain't on fire no more? Go back praying again. Why don't I have a passion for God like I used to? Go back praying again. for somebody and don't talk to them. I'm telling you, there's about to be a fire ignited in your life like you've never experienced in all of your life. It's going to burn brighter for God than it's ever burned before. And it's going to be because you're going to go back and you're going to go back to having a relationship and communicating and praying. Watch this. And there are things in the spirit realm that God is about to birth in your spirit. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of men what God has prepared for them that love him. He's about to birth some things inside of you, and he's going to do it through prayer. He's going to do it by his spirit. He's calling you back to him tonight. Come on in, did you receive it? Say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive it in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless you and we love you. Thank you tonight for being at the SOJ Midweek service. I did better a week than I did the last few weeks. Y'all have a good evening. <laughs>